Hey, and welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malenzak, and this is episode 21 of the podcast. Oh my, 21. Guys, this is week 10. Holy shizzle, right? Um, that means we are two-thirds of the way through the fall college semester. Uh, you guys should be right in the thick of it now. Uh, if you had midterms, uh, you should probably have had them at this point and, pro- and most likely received your grades back. And you may be shitting a brick right now, right? I have probably some of my students in that position. Uh, things are starting to become due. Major assignments are coming up. Uh, the the semester is, is you're right in the thick of it, guys. So this is the time when you're going to need to rely on your, you know, the, the tricks and the strategies and the things that you've hopefully put into place up until now. Hopefully you're relying on your calendar and your to-do list. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a system um, that might help you guys. Uh, I think it's good. It's hard to implement this probably in the middle of the school semester. This would probably be something that you want to set a goal to do before the semester starts because it is uh, a little bit of time to get up and running. But I think it's also cool to just borrow different strategies from certain systems. So if you remember last week, I talked about uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I just described this as a top-down approach. Uh, if you live these, you know, sort of seven simple habits and, and work them into all of the ways of your life that you can, uh, if you practice being proactive at school, as in addition to in your, you know, relationship with your significant other, in addition to in the workplace, you know, it's sort of, it's a universal rule in a sense that you, you sort of want to try to apply the habits wherever you can. Um, there's really no wrong place to, to kind of be thinking about where you can sharpen the saw, so to speak. We talked about those two in, in specific uh, habits in, in greater detail last week, and I really enjoyed that uh, podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a bottom-up approach uh, in, uh, invented by David Allen, who is sort of a hero of mine. I think he's awesome, uh, and his getting things done approach. So story time. Uh, how I came to learn about getting things done. Um, a little over a year ago, you know, I was I've been into time management and productivity ideas and, and strategies since I've been doing uh, since I had done the cognitive remediation research with college students that had mental health issues. Uh, every you know everything that I read about pointed to this idea that you needed this you needed a system to track your time. And I don't think most people would, or at least keep track of the items you need, you know, the time-sensitive things. And I don't think anybody would dispute that. Uh, David Allen sort of de-emphasizes the calendar a little bit, whereas most people would emphasize it in the productivity world. And I'll talk about why that is in a little bit. But I was um, I was trolling Facebook, and I... I was reading something I think my brother had posted. I don't even remember what the initial thing was. But a friend of his that I don't actually know um, posted a a YouTube video of a David Allen uh, lecture that he gave to a bunch of Google employees. And I will try and get that link in the podcast. I'll have to do a little digging for it. Um, So I sat there. I just clicked on it. I didn't think I would actually watch it. And it was pretty long. I remember it being like 45 minutes or an hour. 
And I was just like, oh, my God, this guy makes so much goddamn sense. It is unbelievable. I have to learn more about this guy. And then I didn't because <laughs> I didn't put it on my any any kind of list. Um, and his name popped back up in my life when I started listening to a podcast I've mentioned a few times on this show, uh, The Productivity Show. Maybe I'll put a, a link in there, too. Link it up, baby, today. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the tips and strategies that they talk about are borrowed from uh, David Allen. And more recently, their podcast actually interviewed him. Uh, and that was really cool to hear his interview. So I've just been a big fan of his system for a long time. And as I mentioned, I've, always, I've really been trying to do more reading in my life, and it's been failing me. So um, I got the audiobook, GTD. I actually also own the Kindle version. So I had st- started reading it. I got like four or five chapters in, but I ended up just switching over to the audiobook, started over, and listened to the audiobook. Uh, I'm glad I have the Kindle, though, because there are things that I'm going to want to go back and do when I actually put the system into place, and that is a goal of mine. Um, but I, man, and actually this part was in the, the text that I read. It's in one of the first four chapters. I got that most ultimate compliment, and not by him personally, because I've never met him. But um, I've described, uh, I gave you guys an analogy one time, and I've used it in my cognitive remediation course over the, time, over the years um, to describe working memory and this idea that your brain kind of continues to go back to things that are unattended to. So if you are trying to think of an appointment that you need to keep and you haven't written it down anywhere, right? You don't have a calendar. Let's say you're... you're starting at that point, right? No calendar, and you and I, you, I use the example of meeting with me that because I'm sitting with them that first time I meet with them to go over their, um, their test results. And if they don't have a calendar, I ask them, like, how do you remember things, like how to, how to attend this appointment? And they will talk about, you know, it just kind of keeps at the forefront of their mind in a sense, like every once in a while it'll pop in there. Um, they really try and keep it sort of near to them so that they don't forget it. And I equated this sort of to this idea of a hard drive, um, a computer hard drive and RAM, and how every little thing that you have to remember like that, you know, is a little piece of, it's like a little program, um, and it's taking up a little bit of your RAM. And you may have, you know, 30 or 40%, maybe even more, of your total brain capacity tied up in just remembering these, like, little bullshit things that you could just as easily write down, and then your brain would just know somehow I don't need to remember this anymore. It's in a trusted system. And I, I had sort of, I totally, you know, I came up with this, I thought, on my own, and I'm reading his book, and wouldn't you know it, he uses this exact same analogy of uh, a computer and RAM. And now I'm sort of think, man, I wonder if anybody, when I gave that example um, to my students, thought I was ripping off David Allen. <laughs> If they've read Getting Things Done, I would imagine it stuck out for them because it was such a powerful analogy for me. But I'm here to tell you, disclaimer, I did not steal that from David Allen. (laughs) Um, I came up with that analogy independently on my own and I'm proud of that fact, so I'm going to stick to it. So I kind of took that as a compliment to be like, you know, if I'm coming up with this shit um, and independent of him and he kind of has a similar way of explaining it, um, it really does make sense to me. That's one thing I figured out. And number two, um, I think I have a gift for being able to explain it. So 
So I'm going to talk about getting things done. I'm going to break it down to you as simply as I can and give you the Cliff Notes version. I really um, encourage you to read the book, though, or check out his website, which I do have linked, gettingthingsdone.com. So the premise of the system is based, is rooted in that um, computer RAM analogy. It's just that idea that our brains are terrible at remembering information like that, like go have go to this meeting or don't forget to pick up milk or you know, whatever the random thing you need to do is, we'll remember. And we're notorious, our brains are notorious for thinking of these things that you need to do at the worst possible time, right? The I gotta get milk example I just brought up. When do you remember you need milk? Uh, probably in the morning after you've made your coffee, when you pour that, for, that cup and you're so ready to drink that goddamn milk. And then you reach into your, you open your fridge to reach for the milk or the half and half or whatever you put in there. And that's when you remember, shit, I got to buy milk. <laughs> that's the worst possible time, right? When would have been the good time to remember that? Yesterday, when you were at Quick Check, getting money out of the ATM, thinking, is there anything I need to pick up on the way home? Hmm. No, I got gummy bears, so I'm good. Don't need anything else. Um, all right. So yeah, worst possible time, right? Um, and that is really anything, you know? Uh, so you have to track that shit. Um, it, his system relies heavily on data capture. Um, meaning anything that you think of that you need to do or attend to write it down, get it out of your brain somehow. Uh, it also relies on being meticulous with your next action steps list. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Just kind of knowing when is something you really need to do versus something that you are just kind of holding on to for whatever to remind you versus waiting on somebody else to do for you. Um, he's really big on, um, you know, separating those out and having very clear lines of delineation for what goes where. So let's talk about his, uh, his lists. He's got many different lists, and I, I guess it's kind of a drawback to have to, all of these lists and, and continually refer to them, but they make sense to me. Uh, another drawback I find is that his system is um, pretty time-consuming to set up initially. Um, he recommends taking, you know, multiple days um, to just sit and like kind of clean out your life, so to speak, start with your desk. Every time something comes up, put it in the first place, the first list or the first, you know, box, which we're going to say is the inbox list. Uh, something, anything or anything, anything and everything that needs to be done goes in one place. Um, so in order to do that, in order to generate that first list, like you really have to sit, you have to go through, you know, clean out your desk, you have to walk through your house, you have to walk through your office, you have to think about all that shit that you've been meaning to do. Oh, I need to get that picture framed or, oh, I need to reformat my computer. Or, oh, I need to buy that present for the mail carrier because it's, you know, it's their birthday. I don't know. You know, just to kind of, oh, I have that exam I need to study for. This is the range of things that you're going to have on this list. You could think of probably, you know, he says, you know, 50 to 150 next action steps. So, um, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me, let me talk about the, the workflow. Uh, let me talk about the lists first, and then I'll talk about the workflow. So as I said, I introduced the first list. It's sort of an inbox list, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a list. It could be a box. Uh, it could be multiple boxes chances are you're going to have many different places where information and things to be done um, 
come from? So email is a big one, right? Um, I'm sure there are tons of you out there are just behind in your email, um, meaning that everything that's in there that you need to do hasn't been done yet and they're somewhat probably buried. Some people are pretty good. Maybe they flag it and say, oh, I need to attend to this later. So they have like a system in their mind for their email system of like a blue flag means, you know, follow up on this or, you know, a red flag is like, I need to do this shit now. Um, or maybe they mark it on red. That's another popular one I see is like, oh, you know, they, they log on to their computer and they have like 20 different emails, 10 of which are just bullshit, you know, just advertisements or newsletters or things that you don't care about. The other 10 of which are, are somewhat meaningful, but there's only three of which you actually have to reply to. Um, and those you might kind of, after you read them, go back and mark them unread so that the next time you go down, you know, this is assuming you don't have time to attend to them. The next time you log in, when you do have time, you'll just go skip to the blue flagged items, the red flagged items, the unread items, and sort of transfer them to your list or get them done. So email might be one place you have as an inbox. Um, your just general um, mail slot or your mailbox is another one, right? Generally speaking, I think probably most of you guys, uh, you don't get too much meaningful shit in the mail anymore. But once in a while you do, right? There's that company that you still get the paper statement from or it's just something that hasn't transitioned over to the internet yet. I'm assuming a, a lot of it might be school material, school-related stuff. Um, so in a physical inbox for things like mail and whatnot and then maybe a spot on your desk you know <clears throat> for just like those things that you have to attend to so one place to keep all the things that um need to be taken care of in some way shape or form an inbox list and an actual box and then he talks about having a next action list that's really the backbone that's what i would equate in my world when i've described to you think a way to keep track of things to do as a as a to-do list but it's more than a to-do list in that it really is only next actions that you need to do. So, for instance, you may have a large project of a paper, you know. So a lot of you guys might put on your to-do list, write paper, right? But write papers, there's so many things you might have to get to before actually writing it. You may not even know what the hell you're going to write about. So David Allen would say the next action is the literal next possible thing that you're going to do in terms of this large project that you have of writing a paper. And the next action might just be, think of what I'm writing about. You know, it might be go to the library. You know, it might be um, get, the, uh, get a description of the assignment from the professor. It really helps you to clarify what exactly it is you have to do when you look at that list. I've talked about this in the past, right? I've talked about those things that sit on my to-do list for weeks on end. And I don't know even know why they do it. And when I've actually studied those things, they usually tend to fall into one of two categories, right? I'm either afraid or um, just don't want to do it in some way. And I'm just procrastinating. I know it is exactly, I know exactly what it is I have to do. Or it's something like write paper and it's too general or it's a little confusing. And I haven't actually clarified what it is I have to do. That second aspect of, you know, unclear items is what David Allen is trying to get at when he calls it a next action list. What's the physical next physical action that you have to do in order to get that to move that project along? That leads us to the next list, which is a projects list. A projects list is just that all of your what he calls open loops. So it might be that paper you have to achieve to write. 
Um, it, it might be um, the present you need to buy for your significant other for their birthday coming up. Um, that's a project. You know, it's an open loop. And until you close it, what would be closing that loop, right? Probably buying the present, getting the wrapping paper, wrapping it, giving it to them, and having them thank you for it later, right? Um, you can close the loop at that point. It's like, I love it. There's nothing left to be done. Um, and then you could take it off your li- your open loops list and your projects list. And that's just like, those are one and the same, by the way, like open loops and projects. Um, and it really feels good to take those things off, right? Um, so your projects list is something you're going to re- relate back to in your weekly review. Um, then you have your waiting for list and that's just things that you're waiting for from other people. So you send some, you sent your professor an email because you realize the next step in writing that paper is to get a detailed description of the assignment. Now you can put waiting for professor's response about assignment onto your waiting for list. You also might be waiting for a call back from your significant other to find out if they are cool with your suggestion for dinner for their birthday. Waiting for. Uh, anything that you put out there that you cannot basically move the project until you get that response. So that way you have an easy way to follow up on things during your weekly review. Um, so let me just review. You have your inbox or your inbox list, list of things that you just need to do in some way, shape, or form, your next action list, your waiting for list, your projects or open loops list, and then there's one more list, a someday maybe list. That's just for things that you do want to do at some point, but you're not getting to them now. You know, oh man, I definitely one day have to sit down and learn French. (laughs) It's like, I am a math major. There's no way I'm getting to this while I'm in school, but in my lifetime, it's like your bucket list, so to speak. Someday, maybe. Things you really want to get done, they're not on your radar for right now. Um, he does talk about uh, having a calendar or some way to track the uh, time-sensitive information that you have. But he really doesn't emphasize using a calendar. David Allen's thing is this a calendar is really just to keep track of the um, absolute drop-dead deadline type of shit that you need to do so that you don't miss things. Uh, and he, he's, he advocates not putting anything more than um, most, you know, critical things uh, do in on that calendar. So, like, don't blur, blur the lines. Don't start writing next actions in your calendar, says David Allen. Um, you could do whatever you want. Um, so that's sort of a summary of the lists. And then these are this is how the lists work in conjunction with, an, with one another. All right, so you have your inbox or your multiple inboxes, and you collect all your incoming shit there. So your incoming shit might be... Um, a magazine that you got in the mail that you want to read. Um, it might be a receipt for something that you bought that you do not want to lose. Uh, it might be your syllabus for school that you just got um, where you need to transfer things over to your calendar. It might be a picture of your dog that you one day want to put in a frame. You know, So there's so many things that can go in that inbox or inbox list. So, yeah, you just have an ongoing place you put all that or several places. Um, Then you have one day at some point you're going to sit down and go through all this stuff. While you're reviewing it, each item, you ask yourself, is it actionable? So you pick up the picture of your dog. Is it actionable? Yes. What I need to do with this is buy a frame. 
or you might need to grab your grab a frame from the basement or swap out frame with another picture and whatever that action is buy a new frame um, get a frame from somewhere else whatever um, right that would be on your well hold on is it actionable yes it is um, think about the verses um, something else that might be in your inbox a product manual for a toaster oven that you just bought is that actionable probably not you that's just going to be what he would call a reference item and you're going to have to file that um, one of the keys of getting things done is having an excellent file system so one of the things i'm asking for for christmas is a two drawer filing cabinet and he also is a big fan of manila folders tons and tons of manila folders and that's how you track all this shit. so all right, so if it's not actionable, it's either going to go in the trash, it's going to go in your reference area, which is like that manual for your toaster, or it's going to incubate, meaning it's going to sit there for a little bit. I don't know what I want to do with this, right? Um, and that might go onto your someday maybe list um, or you know some kind of project. If it is actionable and it can be done in two minutes, then do it. right? So if the frame that you're going to be swapping out for your dog picture is sitting right in front of you, and you're still only going to take you two minutes to put that new picture in the frame, just do it, right? He would say it's going to take you longer to write it down and do it later than do it now. And he sets two minutes as the threshold. Um, so if you could do it in two minutes, do it. Don't even bother putting it on a list. If you can't do it in two minutes, then you're going to add it to your next action step. Um, and Or you might delegate it to somebody, right? So it might be something that's like, oh, I got this... Uh, you know, this magazine, and I'm going to give it to my son to read, you know, um, and that's sort of delegating it, you know, passing it on to somebody else. Um, so I mentioned you really need a good place to file all this, and, and that first few days is going to be setting up this, this system of filing. Um, he also advocates a tickler system. So <laughs> I hate the name. Um, but I've heard it forever. It started back in my days in, in mental health. A tickler file would be like a prompting for when you need to do shit, right? So the way he describes it is you have a, a folder and you put, you number the each folder 1 to 31. And they represent days of the week. And then you have another set of folders that you label January through December. Um, so you have the system of, say, it's the beginning of the month and you all of your numbers represent that month. So let's say you get a, you pick up something in your inbox and it's a, oh, what's something that would be good in a tickler system? Um, a bill that you have to pay, okay? But you don't have the money to pay the bill right now. <laughs> and it's not due for three weeks. So you don't actually have to pay it right now. But you don't want to forget to pay it, right? So one thing you might do is put in your calendar on the day it's due, you know, blah, 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 due. Right. But that is only going to prompt you to, re to remember at the absolute last moment, like, ah, I got to pay this right, you know, or do something with this or it's going to I'm going to incur a late fee. Um, but you might also just want to remind yourself in two weeks, you know, as I said, it's three weeks away is the due date. You don't have any money, but in two weeks you will have money. So what you'll do is if it's the first of the month, you'll put that in the file folder for number 15. And then you're up to your responsibilities each day to actually look in these folders. So on the 15th, you open up your folder for 15 and you see, oh, look at this bill. I got to pay this today. And then when you're done with that folder, you sort of put it all the way in the back. 
and it sort of becomes uh, December 15ths folder and then January 15ths. If you get something that you don't have to do for several months, for instance, something comes in the mail and it's a brochure for a, um, a rock concert you want to see. You know, it's like one of those newsletters and for a venue and you're on their mailing list and you get the newsletter and you're like, oh, wow, in three months, um, <laughs> uh, Tori Amos is playing. You're a big Tori Amos fan, right? <laughs> And you're like, but it's not for three months. I don't know if I want to go. I have to see if I'm going to be available. And I want to see if my friend that's a big Tori Amos fan wants to go too. So I'm going to let this incubate sort of. And I'm going to file it in my tickler system. It's November. The show isn't until March. Um, so I'm going to put this in my tickler for February. And that way, when um, the beginning of the month comes for February, the end of January, you're going to take February's folder and file all of those items into the 1 through 31 uh, folder system. This might be hard for me to explain to you guys. Um, you could look up Tickler, though, online and probably see um, sort of a general definition. But it's a way of, to remind yourself in the future that you need to do something. I I think I'm going to actually go through with it and do, do it as he's recommended. Um, I think it, do, it will help me in terms of carrying less paper around. So, So that is... David Allen, in a nutshell, um, I have not done him justice. And that's why he wrote a book about this shit, right? Um, so I would highly recommend, if you are the meticulous type that has a lot of things that you need to keep track of, um, this is an interesting system to think about incorporating. It's not for everybody. Um, I would not recommend, you know, with the people that I would used to provide services to, um, that they do the system. Um, typically, they did not have enough going on day-to-day um, -day in their lives to warrant the, the need to be this meticulous. Um, but I think any student or any employee, you know, full-time employee, probably has enough going on in their lives where they would. Um, but I, as I said, this is something you want to think about um, really starting probably in at the, prior to the beginning of a semester. So don't sit down next weekend and do this when you have too many things going on that are due now. Um, but I am talking about it in the middle of the semester because there might be things you can pick up from his system um, that you can incorporate right away. You know, he's big on the weekly review. That's when all of this shit happens, when you process all of your inbox stuff. So I've already talked about the weekly review. So that's something him and I are just like, you know, arm in arm on. Um, so you might just borrow that or you might borrow the next action step or the waiting for step. So for this week, what do I have here? Um... This week, take a look at your to-do list that you've hopefully been working on and try and clarify it a little. Are all of the steps that you have down, are all the things you have to do actionable? Um, are there things on here you're actually waiting on f other people for? Maybe that's good time to follow up on all of those things. Um, start Maybe start a someday maybe list to get those things off your mind. Um, I think that's really helpful for those people that do have this um, issue that I talk about. It's like... Uh, at the most inopportune times, these things pop into your head of like, oh, don't forget to do this. Or, hey, remember you want to go rock climbing sometime. Um, put that on your someday maybe list. And once it's in a system that your brain trusts and it says, you know, I'm not, you're, you're not going to forget about me, um, your brain can truly let it go at that point. And you will um, begin to have what he calls a mind like water, where if you think about water, it goes wherever it can flow freely. Um, 
and sort of that is how your brain can become once you've offloaded all of those things that you're just trying to hold on to but not doing a very good job of holding on to um, I've, I've achieved a closeness to this mindset uh, at some times when I've just been so caught up with what I have to do that I am just able to really, oh, I'm, I have to do this now and just tackle it with an intensity that I, that I didn't have previously. So I hope you found uh, this topic interesting. Uh, I find it interesting. I had said last Monday that I was going to try and get through the five-hour work week in time for next Monday. Uh, that is not going to happen. I haven't started it. Um, I'm hopefully going to start the audiobook today. Um, so I'll have another new topic for you next Monday. Uh, Thursday, I'm very excited to report to you that I have our second interview. Um, I'm interviewing a friend of mine from a college disability office, and she's going to talk about the work that they do there and sort of some of the hacks that you might be able to learn and pick up to take advantage of how to get uh, services from the disability office at your local school. And with that, this has been the College Student Success Podcast. Wishing you a great week 10. Be back at here on Thursday. And uh, get at it, guys. Keep focused on those goals. Keep track of the things you need to do to get closer to those goals. Keep me, uh, keep me in mind. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, rate it in iTunes if you can at all. Um, really appreciate it. Trying to get the word out there. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace.